Welcome to episode 10 of Birds vs. Boys. We are looking forward to week three in the NFL. We are done with week two. We are moving on. We have a special guest coming on with us later in the program, the one and only John Marks from 94.1 WIP in Philadelphia. You can find him on Instagram or Twitter at John Marks Media. John J-O-N. You can always find me on Twitter at KMS22. I am the boy of the program, joined by the bird, Aiden Powers. And you can find me jumping into a nuclear power plant, because I don't know what a UCL is, but it really sucks when you heard it. What is going All right, we'll, we'll jump right into around the NFL, which it, the, the beginning of this podcast 10 episodes ago it was around the coronavirus, but now it's just around the injuries. Yeah, I, uh, I, it was a bad week. Everyone used the word carnage to describe the injuries on Sunday. All those injuries happened. Tyrod Taylor literally got stabbed in the lung by a doctor. And then right after that, the Eagles put out their injury report and they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, We're not, not done yet. We're not done this is our show. You guys have football. We have the injury report. None of that. It is our show. And there we are with Jalen Reger, uh, Julio Reger. I'm sorry, messing up his UCL, which is something that I thought you was in your elbow. Apparently it's in your thumb. So I learned something today. He was on the uh, sticks then, too much. What's that? He was heating up the sticks. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, typing, texting. Mm. I'm surprised CD Lane with his two phones doesn't have a UCL injury yet. Texting with his thumbs on them two things. Uh huh. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, that'll happen. But yeah, so uh, injuries have been the theme of the week again in Philadelphia. It's not. To- I- I'm blowing it out of proportion, but it really does suck about Julio Reger that he's hurt again. Um, and kind of weird reporting on when he'll actually be back. Yeah, I've so, heard like six weeks, and then I heard oh, he might only miss two games. Yeah, and Derek Gunn is one of the most reliable people in Philadelphia when it comes to news. So I usually take his word as written in stone. So for him to say, okay, it's going to be two weeks, and then for, for other people to say six weeks, I don't know. I'm positive. I'll lean towards two. Let's just beat the Bengals 49ers two weeks. Please come back, and we'll go from there. But not to be outdone in Dallas – we joined your medical train as well, announcing today that starting cornerback Chidabe or Chudabe or Chibata, Chibata Bread, however you want to call him, Chibata Bread, Awuzie is out with a hamstring for a few weeks, they a said. Few weeks. So, I mean, that could mean one, two, or 10. So um, now we, we have Philadelphia. You get now, cremated about three days after. Now the number one corner is uh, rookie Trevon Diggs, and a, alongside him on the other side will be former Raiders cornerback Daryl Worley. Very can, excited going against Seattle. For can I talk about that, though? I, mm-hmm. It is a tough matchup, but I don't think any corner is going to have success against Russell Wilson. But can I talk about that for a second? You guys having the injury versus us having the injury? Absolutely. Because I'm going to be on your side. You might like this. Okay. Some of us took a cornerback in round two, who is good, starting, playing well, and will now fill in since Awuzie is hurt. Mm -hmm. Some of us took a gimmick backup quarterback. So now our starting receiver is hurt. We are pretty much back to where we were at the end of last season, plus Deshaun. It didn't have to be that way. 
Van Jefferson was on the board, who we just played, is playing well for the Rams. He was taking three picks after Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. It is just a matter of drafting well. So kudos to you for having depth in this situation where there's a rash of injuries. Some of us are a quarterback factory. And I think we're probably going to be talking about that with John Marks about bad Eagles drafting and and teams that we love the way they draft. Not always the Cowboys. They have been doing well. But teams like our favorite team, the Ravens. That's how you draft. But the way that some Eagle fans are talking, that quarterback may be playing soon because Carson Wentz is so bad. Yeah. Let me know how that works out for you when he starts and he's throwing to uh, John Hightower and Deontay Burnett. Uh, have fun. I we, hope the Phillies keep winning because I am not watching that. But I, hopefully they make it to the playoffs so I can at least watch something. I'd, I'd bet my house that you'd still be watching that. No, that's where I draw the line. Everyone has to have, like, mentally, it's been a rough year. So are you are you at the pumpkin patch then on Sunday or are you just on red zone? Oh, hell yeah. I'm at Lindilla Orchard getting drunk off the cider. I'm not watching that shit. Hell no. Okay. I respect that. If a man can hold his ground, I respect that. Yeah. Dude, I'm posting on Instagram, fall caption, something about leaves. Uh That's about it. I'm not Uh watching. Uh Uh-huh. Well, yeah. I I mean, I think think the Cowboys without Awuzie, not that he's very good. It's just, you know, here's DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and Russell Wilson, look at his stats. It, no, I don't it want is to. ridiculous. I don't want to. I, I believe his completion percentage right now is hovering near close to 80%. I looked it up before. I've already forgotten it. Um, but it was just so astounding. I believe he has nine touchdown passes through two games. I don't think it matters who your healthy cornerbacks are. It'll it'll come down to, to your offense and being in another shootout. And we'll get into our teams on the other side of uh, of our interview with John because we'll preview a lot of that with him. But, yeah, I think uh, the injuries, the way they're trending, like you mentioned, we're kind of just mirroring each other. But that seems to be the name of the game in the NFL is everyone's a little bit hurt. Uh, everyone's banged up. But everyone still has to play this weekend. So, like we said, we're moving on to week three. And before we get into the interview with – John Marks and and start talking a lot more Eagles Cowboys. You want to give the people a couple of our locks of the weekend? We might as well. On branded radio last week, we uh we did pretty well. We did. You will not quit Kirk Cousins, and you know what? You get what you deserve. Three interceptions, <laughs> lost to the Colts without that garbage time touchdown. They were down twenty eight to three in the fourth quarter. Aside from that, you did very well. We did very well. Let's get back to our locks. So, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? If you say Kirk Cousins, I am walking off. I mean, I, Vikings plus two and a half at home against the Titans? No. Please tell no. me that's not one of yours. No, no. I'll go first. Okay. Um, my first pick is in the one o'clock window. Uh, Bears at Falcons. Falcons are minus three. Uh, Bears are two and oh. Falcons are oh and two. I think the Bears are the most fraud 2-0 team in the league. Um, they probably should have lost to the Giants last week. The Giants were right on the goal line at the end of the game to win it. Uh, the Falcons were kind of in both games. 1,000% should have beat Dallas last week. 
Um, they're coming back one million, home. Please, it okay. would it was one, one million percent. One million percent, but they didn't. Um, they're a much better team than their record shows. They just can't close. Um, but they're licking their wounds. They're coming home, and I think three points against this bad Bears team that claims to be two and zero. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons minus three at home against the fraud two and zero Bears. I agree with that. It's the time of year where all the uh, national media TV shows do the contender or pretender. pretender. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would put pretender next to the Bears name. Yeah. I just thought of this analogy where you're talking about it when you're talking about the Falcons putting things together. They are like the guy who works out nonstop. So they're ripped. So they walk into the bar and every girl's like, wow, look at that guy. But he spends all his time in the gym and has no social skills. So he never actually closes. He's just big. That's what the roster is. You look at it on paper and you're like, wow, that's impressive. They get into it and you come the fourth quarter. You're like, wow, this is horrible to watch. That's what the Falcons are. They're the ripped guy at the gym who have no social skills outside of planet fitness. Ring the lunk alarm. <laughs> Ring the lunk alarm for the Falcons and pick up an onside kick while you're at it. Please. No. <laughs> but I'm right, taking the Falcons minus one. three. What's that? I'm taking the Falcons minus three. After all that, I do agree with you. I will get into my first one. So I'm just riding the wave. I'm just going to keep riding this Cardinals wave, the red wave. It. Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins are my favorite combo in the entire league. They, like I mentioned on the radio show, they are determined to get the return on investment in DeAndre. They did it again. He scored again in week two. Uh, easy money against Washington last week. Kyler looks great. Defense looks improved as well, even though Washington's offense, as we knew, talking about contenders or pretenders, we knew they were frauds. So they're facing a depleted Lions team. Matt Patricia could be on the hot seat here soon. He's Aside on my hot Matt seat. Stafford, I know they have Kenny Galladay coming back but I just don't see them competing. The line is minus five and a half. I think the Cardinals cover at home 425 in Arizona. Love it. I mean, I, I think I've told you before that if the Cowboys lose to Seattle this week and then go on and lose to the Browns and just keep, I am go Cardinals. I have Hopkins in my big fantasy league, Kyler. I mean, he looks like when he like breaks the pocket and starts running, he looks like he's on a joystick. Remember, like Devin Hester, wasn't he the human joystick? That's kind of he like just he moves like no human should be able to move. Well, he, he he's so small that his his legs move like a cartoon character, and yes. then since he played baseball, he knows how to slide. So everything he does is so smooth, but he's so small that everything just moves quickly. It's so yep. shifty; it's hard to keep up with if you're a, a, a defensive player. But yeah, it, it's been fun to watch so far, and I think. You know, they've had an easy schedule, so I want to see a real test. I know they beat the 49ers. That was a great win, but they've been a depleted team and a regression candidate. We'll see. We'll see with them going forward. Thank you for playing football and not baseball, Kyler. Yeah, absolutely. That, that kid, yeah, great decision there. All right. Your next pick, sir. What's All number right. two? I am staying in the 1 o'clock window. Okay. Uh, another home team. We have another... 2-0 team versus a 0-2 team. Uh, Houston Texans at the Steelers. Steelers are minus four. I'm going the opposite here. I am going with the 2-0 team. I am riding the Steelers. Um, I think Houston stinks. Bill O'Brien stinks. <laughs> I, I just they They're fraud. Um, and I think the Steelers team is legit all around. 
I mean, we said it before, all their offense needed last year was anyone that could complete a forward pass. Hodges could not. No one could, but now they have Big Ben back. Juju's having fun. Uh, Connor got hurt week one, but he looked great this past week. Thanks uh, for me to picking up Benny Snell in fantasy. Uh, and the defense is legit. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is balling everybody on that. Stephon Tuitt is the most underrated defensive lineman in the league. TJ Watt is just an animal. Again, Cowboys drafted Taco Charlton before him. Um, so I am taking the Steelers minus four at home against the fraud Houston Texans. You know how I feel about those Steelers. Gold standard of the league, and they are back. They are so back. Only thing I'm concerned with, Deontay Johnson listed on the injury report, did mm -hmm. not practice with a toe. That's always tough. Uh, and Juju Smith-Schuster also listed on the injury report with a knee. So we'll see the health of the receivers going into that game. Even still, you mentioned the defense. Tops in the league. TJ Watt, love the Subway commercial, so great pick. I would, I would love to see Heinz Field like have – like little robots in all the seats with towels, just the whole game, just the arms with the towels or the, the wacky inflatable man, just yellow ones, just going yes. the whole time. Would oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Or, or they got to pull off like something on TV where MLB was doing it for a while, where Fox. it looks like there were fans in the crowd. So they could just put like the background of the dark Knight rises when they used Heinz field for that one scene, when Bane just blew up the stadium. Yep. Except mine is that part, but plus the fans. <laughs> I feel like we have enough technology to figure that out. We can just do something to put it together. We'll, we'll morph it together. People smarter than us with better degrees than us in technology would be able to figure something like that out. Hey, Let's get out. I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. So now that they have the idea, someone smarter than me figured it out. So, All right, my next pick, I'm staying in the 425 window. You're staying one, I'm staying 425. So Tampa Bay is headed to Denver. Speaking of the Lions being depleted, Denver may be even more depleted. So Blake. Drew Locke out with a shoulder injury. Cortland Sutton out, unfortunately, for the year with a torn ACL. I don't think that offense has a lot of firepower. Now, they do have a little bit more firepower coming because Blake Bortles is back. He's back, baby. Blake is back. If they make the playoffs, I feel like he automatically wins Blake of the year. Is that? I know yeah. that's not how it works, but isn't it kind of how it works? Kind of exactly how it works. If he can pull that off for that team. Absolutely. Well, I don't think it'll start this week. Uh, we've got Blake Bortles um, filling in, and he might just be the backup for them this week. I'm just joking around. But you've got Tom Brady coming in there. Tampa Bay seems to be finding their groove a little bit. I don't see Tom Brady losing that game. Leonard Fournette seems to be taking over as RB1. Mm -hmm. which is promising and uh, we'll see where Chris Godwin's at with health, but Mike Evans is back. So I don't expect Tampa Bay to run into many issues out there, even on the road. It's Tampa Bay minus six. I can see them winning by double digits. It's just a bad break year for the Denver Broncos. I love it. I mean, uh, how do you, you can't just sit Blake Bortles on the bench. So you sign Blake Bortles, you start Blake Bortles. Oh, and you pick against off, that. He'll be in. He'll be yeah. in once he learns the offense. For right, sure. I mean, he's smarter than us. He already knows it. Oh, it just osmosis. It's in. But you still hey, pick well, the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I'll still take the Bucks this week. Going forward, I hope it works out for them. But this week, not so much. All right, let's not wait any longer. Let's get John on here. Great interview with him. Obviously, we talked a lot about uh, the Cowboys and Eagles. How we're kind of mirroring each other this year. 
for better or for worse. We talked about uh, draft strategies and how it's coming back to bite people in, in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. And then we also got you guys debating, which was great. It's not great. You know, sometimes maybe it gets a little stale, me and you debating. So uh-huh. having another face in here, another voice in here to debate, it was great. It's fun. Uh, and then just talking about the games this week. Before we get to him, Bavada, Bavada, Bavada. I've been telling you, bet with Bavada. Football is back. We gave you a two-week cushion. Maybe if you didn't catch on in the first two weeks, catch on in week three. It's officially back. We'll put the promo link everywhere we post this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter. We post on Instagram now as well. So wherever we have it, use our promo link. Sign up. It's one of the easiest. I have a few sports books downloaded on my phone. This one's very easy to navigate. I've been putting bets in with them. And if you've been taking our advice, you're probably doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So bet with Bavada. And now here is our interview with John Marks. It's my quarterback. Aiden, super excited to be joined by a Philadelphia sports mogul, I think we could say, right? He's not the John Marks, the pianist who we Googled. You are John Marks, the Philadelphia WIP guy, correct? There is a uh, and there's also a a reporter, John Marks. The, it's like a longtime Sixers writer. I think he writes for the Metro now. And he's also Jewish because he's a, he's a member of like the Jewish Philadelphia Sports Association. So occasionally I get emails regarding this stuff. Or I'll get people reaching out to me and I'm like, yo, dude, wrong John Marks. But yes, Not this me. is John Marks, WIP, Philadelphia. What's up, guys? We're we're joking. I think we're just gonna have John Marks on every week, just a every different week. John Marks we'll just run through. Now we have even more to choose from. I have a, so I have a cousin named John Marks. He lives over in Jersey. He's a soccer coach. He's a he's a teacher. So you could talk to him. So there are some John Marks around, as you know. Might have to change the podcast name. I know we're set for the next month on John Marks. <laughs> but you can catch this John Marks every day, right? Two to six on WIP with Ike Reese, and always on uh, John Marks Media on Twitter. J O N. Um, but thank you for coming on birds versus boys. And, and my first question is, I mean, how are you feeling good or are you feeling Owen too? Oh, I'm feeling very much Owen too, right? Like the, the, the Patriots are one and one. They lost, you know, just at the goal line, just came up one yard short. That was a moral victory, right? Like they're one and one, but you feel good about that one and one. This is not a good Owen too. And uh, I don't know outside of playing the Bengals and getting a little bit lucky against the 49ers, uh, maybe with Garoppolo out and with just being banged up in general, you know, I don't know how else they win games right now. Right. So even with the Bengals and the defense, the way, the way that it is, they may put up some points and some yards, but you know, I, I think some of it's talent. And I think some of it's just like, there's it's a weird feeling to this team right now. Right. Like when they were so good in 2017, they, they were united. They really felt like a true team. And this feels kind of like some of the older older guys that have been around that won Super Bowls and some of the younger guys that are just kind of here and trying to trying to find their way. It is not a good 0-2. No, it's and that, not. that does remind me of the 2017 team. And Aiden, I've said this to you, but I will never say this to my wife, the Eagles fan. I knew that whole season no one was beating that team. Like, you, I just had this inner awful feeling being a Cowboys fan that that team, that team was just destined. It was just different. And there was a certain positive energy around it that, like, John, you brought up, there doesn't seem to have it this year. A lot of people starting at the top with the quarterback, and he's the new leader now that Malcolm Johnson, Malcolm Jenkins is gone. They seem to be blaming him. Now, your co-host, Ike Reese, he is uh, the CEO and founder of Let the Bronco Buck. Have you just been trying to talk him off the ledge all week with mm-hmm. this Carson Wentz kind of hate coming his way? No. Not at all? He's been he's been um, solid I keeping us. He, 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 
Well, I mean, here's here's the here's the reality. He Carson Wentz has been bad, so it's like he's not going to pretend that he was good. Now, what what Eichel tell you is that he's going to be he's going to be fine. Like he's going to be he's going to play better, which you know what I agree with to a certain extent, right? But let's look at Carson Wentz's career, 2016 rookie year, showed real promise, right? Like they didn't have any talent on that team. So at the end of 2016, I think the reaction of Eagles fans was, we got a player here. Now let's get some talent around them and. In 2017, when I mean, think about it. How he signed Alshon Jeffrey one-year contract, Torrey Smith, who only ended up being there for a short period of time, Legarrette Blunt. Um, you know, some mercenaries were brought in just to yeah. try to make the team better, so Carson Wentz could develop. It's almost like they won too early, right? Like when you think of the Andy Reid build. '99, they were bad. 2000, they made the playoffs. 2001, they made the NFC Championship game. Like it was a traditional build. This was kind of they just won out of nowhere. So I think it's been difficult for them to go from there. And in particular with Carson Wentz, he was dynamite in 2017. He was not good in 2018. And you can say that's because of the injury. And, and, and I'm OK with that. Right. He was coming back from an ACL. But it also felt different than just just a, a physical injury. It was also turmoil in the locker room. Guys weren't getting along. The chemistry wasn't good. And then last year, he had a great last four games. No doubt about that, albeit against not so great teams. But beat the Cowboys in a game that mattered for the division. But overall, for the 2019 season, it was kind of uneven, right? Like, I don't expect any quarterback to be great for 16 games. But I think a lot of people were acting like Carson Wentz had already arrived at being an elite quarterback. And I think what we're learning is that he's still got a long way to go. And by the way, that's okay. I mean, I'd rather have a winning quarterback, somebody who can come through in the clutch and really say, hey, team, jump on my back, than a stack compiler, Dak Prescott. Then a guy that's going to throw up 5,000 yards because he's throwing from behind all the time. So, you know, it, listen, what is Carson Wentz in the NFL? I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I think if Carson Wentz became available, there would be a lot of teams that even have quarterbacks already that would be interested. But you know what that means? That doesn't mean a hill of beans because they're 0-2 right now, and they have a really tough schedule coming up. So they could be on the outside looking in really early this season, and that's not good for Carson Wentz, and that's not good for anybody. And Aiden no. and I, we said that on the last podcast. Can you imagine Carson on like Carolina in a couple of years with McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and, and Matt Rule after he builds up that team? There would be. There would be teams lining up for him immediately. And I guess that's part of my thing is is you you brought it up just they in 2017 they went out and got Alshon Jeffrey they got Torrey Smith and even though he was here for a year he made somewhat of an impact. Do you think the the talent regressing around Carson Wentz is causing him to regress, or do you think it's more so he's been through an ACL injury, he's been through a back injury, and he just hasn't found himself since, or is it just a matter of hey if they pull off a trade for DeAndre Hopkins? It, with the same deal that the Texans gave the Cardinals, he'd be right back to where he was in 2017. Um, yeah, they should have gotten DeAndre Hopkins, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. They didn't want to give up the draft pick. They didn't want to have to give the new contract. But the reality of the, of the deal is DeAndre Hopkins signed a two-year extension with the Cardinals. That contract doesn't start till, till 2023. So it's 23 and 24. He got a lot of guaranteed money now, which is what he wanted. But it's a very reasonable contract for what kind of a player he is. Like at some point, Look what the Cowboys did for Dak Prescott in the draft with Gallup, with trading for Amari Cooper. Now, I don't know if I would have traded those draft picks for Amari Cooper, but the bottom line is they gave Dak Prescott some weapons. And I like Jalen Rager. He's already injured twice, had a, had a torn shoulder muscle. And today it comes out he tore a thumb muscle, going to be out for seven weeks. Yeah, that's not good, right? So now you have Deshaun Jackson, who's still a good player, and you have a bunch of unknown guys. So, 
I mean, at some point, the Eagles have to realize, say like, hey, listen, we got we to gotta surround him with better talent. You could have done that with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I really do believe it's chemistry and it's everybody being on the same page because think about it. When was Carson Wentz? When did he look his best last year? It was the last four, last six games of the season when Alshon Jeffrey was gone, when Nelson Aguilar, for the most part, he wasn't playing anymore. When guys that wanted to be on the field and playing with good body language – that's when they were, that's when they really rallied. Right. So I think that getting young guys that look at Carson Wentz and be like, yeah, man, he's a franchise quarterback. I'm lucky to have him." instead of guys that are like, I want a Super Bowl without him will really help. But man, the NFL is, is this is about talent. It's not about systems. It's not about any of that crap. You gotta, you gotta put talent around your quarterback. Look at the Ravens, look at the chiefs, right? You want, you want to be in that category. Look at the saints. Want to be in that category? You got to get better talent, and that's the GM. That's what he's got to do. Yeah, the uh, our heartthrob team on our podcast is the Ravens. We love the way they draft because here's their draft strategy: get players who produce in college. J.K. Dobbins, Evan Duvernay, Patrick Queen, guys who just produce. It's not about the uh, 40-yard dash. It's just go out and play well. And I think that's been one of their issues. And like you said, it's a talent thing. Now, this week, it's got to start this week. Because this is one of the least talented defenses in the league in the Bengals. And I mentioned before, so I'm, I'm friends with your producer, Jack. And here's a quote from you. Mm-hmm. I would kiss Jack Fritz's bare ass on Market Street if the Eagles went 7-9 and nine with a healthy Carson Wentz. Okay, what do we need to see from the Eagles this week so we can avoid this situation? <laughs> a win. A win is all you're going to need to see. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I said that, when I said that, I obviously – I couldn't imagine them winning seven games. I mean, worst case, I would have thought eight or nine. But it's real right now. It is. It's real. And the injuries keep piling up. And you mentioned the Ravens and their drafting. I mean, really, look at any successful team. They have one of two things. They have a, a quarterback that's playing at an extremely high level, and they have a lot of talent through drafts. You mm-hmm. can't build your team in free agency. You can't, you can't keep it up, right? Like, you have to fill holes through – through the draft, even if you're not drafting star players, you still have to get capable starters. Like I always like to use Benny Logan as an example. He was a third round pick for the Eagles out of out of Louisville, LSU a couple years ago, and probably more than a couple years ago now. But he was a third round pick and he filled a role. He was a quality starter. He wasn't a great sack guy or whatever. And you know what happened when his contract came up? The Eagles said, "See you," because he went to Kansas City and he got eight million dollars a year, and that was not a good contract for for Kansas City to sign. The, 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 the reason I say that is that, like, you want to be the Eagles with Benny Logan making $600,000 a year. You don't want him making $8 million a year. And if you look up and down the Eagles roster right now, Javon Hargrave, $13 million a year. Malik Jackson, $10 million a year. I mean, Fletcher Cox is has a cap hit of $23 million, you know? Like, Derek Barnett, as a first-round draft pick, he's making four and change next year. If they pick up that option, he's making close to nine or he's making nine. So you can't pay everybody. You can't build your team like that. And the Eagles have a bunch of overpriced or highly priced guys on their line. And the defensive line is, is a, a non-factor, a zero. And this defense has no chance unless those guys can get to the quarterback and they can't right now. So Eagles are a mess and I might be kissing Jack's ass come January. <laughs> so that's exactly where the Cowboys and Eagles are kind of mirroring each other, John, these overpriced defensive line that aren't producing, right? The Cowboys also have a way overpriced, way overpaid DeMarcus Ware, a way overpaid Jalen Smith who can't change directions. It's a problem. They had 
an underpaid Anthony Hitchens, but what happened? He went to Kansas City as well, and that was one of the highest-paid linebackers in the league. So you were completely correct in that's how you have to build winners is through the draft. And that's why, thank goodness, as a Cowboys fan, Stephen Jones has kind of been taking over the draft because if it was up to Jerry, they would have had Johnny Manziel and not Zach Martin. <laughs> yeah, you, took the, you actually took the words out of my mouth. I remember how Matty was after that. And, you know, listen, the Cowboys have actually drafted too, too well. Because you can't you can't sign everybody. You can't resign everybody. You mentioned Hitchens. Um, Byron Jones. Jones. Goes, yeah, he has to leave. So I guess it's a good problem and a bad problem at the same time. But I mean, listen, Cowboys aren't aren't, right now aren't a very good team either. So it's it's it's, so it's it's not like that. And I don't know about their head coach, but you know, it's they have a lot of talent. They can't seem to put it together, and and the Eagles just can't, can't seem to get on the same page. So both both teams are looking crappy right now. Yeah, and I I always joke, too, with the, the national pundits are always saying the Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And that's another place where this Cowboy – I feel like this team, these two teams are mirroring each other so well because, you know, this isn't 2016 anymore. The Cowboys have a, a two basically practice squad guys playing tackle at both positions. They have Joe Looney, nice guy, not very good player, playing center now. So it's, you know, it's just – it's terrible. Two bad O-lines and two – overpaid defensive lines that aren't producing. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the Eagles bread and butter in 2017 with their lines, their offensive line was excellent. They could run the ball well. And their defensive line got to the quarterback. I mean, their secondary wasn't great in 2017. They got to the quarterback and they had a rotation of guys that could get to the quarterback. Now nobody can get to the quarterback. Now, I saw the Cowboys, I think, have two, two sacks on the season. You're not going to win a lot of games having two sacks on the season, and they were fortunate that the Atlanta Falcons are the Atlanta Falcons, so they'd be on two too. <laughs> and one of them is Alden Smith, who is getting you know <laughs> hasn't played football in 12 years. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but another big uh, issue, kind of again mirroring both teams right now, are injuries. So kind of funny question. Obviously, we had Jalen Rager for you guys go out now again, second injury, like you said, with the thumb. So, worst medical staff, the Eagles or the Chargers, where apparently the doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor in the in the chest and punctured his lung 10 minutes before the game? I'm going to go Chargers just because that's pretty – I mean, I've never heard of, of – I know a lot of players get painkillers all the time. I've never heard of a guy having his lung punctured like Tyrod Taylor. But to your point, I mean, they just redid – the Eagles just redid their medical staff, right? And I know this is a different season, so I guess we should expect – more injuries being that these guys didn't play preseason. I mean, half of the Eagles didn't even practice the last couple of weeks before the season started. So this shouldn't be really much of a surprise, but the Eagles have had horrendous luck, even the Super Bowl year. I mean, think about the injuries they had that year. You know, I mean, honestly, I think instead of having the team doctors and stuff like that, they should just have a patient's first or one of the other, uh, you know, urgent care. To where urgent it's like, care. Yeah, yep. they, have no, they have Novacare right, in, right in, in the complex. Don't even worry about the doctors anymore. Just have an urgent care. Tell that a doc. Tell a doc. <laughs> That's what I always say. It's amazing how many injuries we have in all of our sports, not even just the Eagles. We have a hospital on every block in this city and can't figure out like a medical staff to take care of these teams. It's unbelievable. Sixers no. are a mess, as always, with injuries and stuff. It's it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Now, with, with the Cowboys' defensive line underperforming, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, um, but – a member of your sister station down in Dallas, the WIP 105.3, the fan, uh, Jeff Cavanaugh. He always does uh, stuff where he watches tape and then criticizes, you know, what, what's going right, what's going wrong. And he was a little critical of Everson Griffin, um, saying he's not playing well. And Everson kind of went on a Twitter tirade against him. It was all at war. It made TMZ. So 
have you ever had an, a time where you've kind of gotten it in with an athlete in Philadelphia? Um, Fletcher Cox blo- has me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> and I am not that. a guy like you can, you can go and you can look at all my tweets. I'm not a guy that lives on Twitter. I don't at people. Yeah. I don't. It, something happened with Fletcher on the air where there was a disagreement with somebody I was working with and I ended up getting blocked in the process. So I guess I was collateral damage. Um, Brandon Graham a couple years ago. Now, actually, I've, I've hosted a show with him for this will be the fourth year we're doing it. But back when when he obviously wasn't a Super Bowl hero, he had blocked a bunch of people on Twitter. I mean, I'm talking a lot. And I was kind of the first to figure it out because something happened with the Eagles. And someone had said to me, hey, check Brandon Graham's Twitter. And I went to it. I'm like, hold on. Brandon has me blocked. Right. So then, like everybody. So I tweeted it out. Is, who else has who else is blocked by Brandon Graham? And. I'm talking the replies. There was probably like, you know, a hundred replies, like, you know, holy bleep, I'm blocked too. And no one knew why. And it wasn't that anyone was adding at him. It was just like anything that involved Earl Thomas or Brandon Graham, not living up to the draft. He didn't want to see it. And he blocked it. Um, so that was pretty much it. I hung up on Bob Costas once on the air. Cause he's just, he's just a total, a total douche. Mm-hmm. Really? A, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. He, I did he, not um, know. That. He, he so he threw out the first pitch at a Cardinals game, his hometown, St. Louis. Yep. So he threw out a first pitch, and he looked like not he didn't look like Fifty Cent throwing out the first pitch, but it wasn't much better. Wasn't this, Anthony Fauci? It was not. It was better than Fauci, but it, it still was like it was it was laughable. He was getting made fun of. So and I, I already hate Casas because I just think he's he's just such a oh my god overrated. And, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, he's a great he's a great broadcaster. He's one of the great broadcasters of the time, but it's just like. Like lighten up, dude. All right. Like you're you're talking about sports and baseball. I know you, you went to Syracuse and you're talented and whatever. But so anyway, so he got on the line and I tried to have fun and I didn't even want him on the line. My my program director at the time is like Bob Costas is on the line. So he's trying to make news, like you mentioned TMZ. He's trying to get Bob Costas on the record so we can we can get it out there and it makes blogs and stuff. And meanwhile, he's just being a total jag about it. And I was just like, not having it. No, he wasn't having it. And then my co-host asked a dumb question about the Olympics and he was, he was a jerk about the question. So I was like, listen, dude, like I Bob, I'm like, I don't have time for you right now. Like, thanks. See you. And I just hung up on him and love it. The rest is history. That's actually a power move. I actually respect the fact that you're like, you know what? Fine. If you don't want to, if you don't want to give us content, see ya. I'm out. I don't care where you went to school, how many events you've covered. That's it. Yeah. We're out. All right. Well, now that we got you a little bit fired up with the Casa story, the show is Birds vs. Boys. So yep. Kevin and I get into it quite a bit. Um, we haven't been able to since our teams haven't been that great. But it is Eagles vs. Cowboys. So I'm going to let you, John, take my place. I'll pose you guys a question. Mm-hmm. You two can debate it. So here we go. Awesome. This week, if the Eagles win against Cincy, and the Cowboys go up to Seattle and they lose. Who is in a better situation at one and two? Come week four, who has the more promising route to win this division? I'll let you go first, John. So I'm supposed to take the Eagles' point of view, I'm guessing. Well, You could. I'll tell you what. Sometimes we flip, but if you do. want, go for it. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just look at the Eagles' schedule, and it is brutal. That's what right? I was going to say. <laughs> they have San they have San Francisco, um, which doesn't look as tough right now, depending on what's going on with Garoppolo. And I know Mostert's mm-hmm. hurt, and you know Nick Bosa's out. But um, I, I mean, they have the Ravens, they have the Steelers. It is a really tough schedule. 
I'll say this, that if they can, if they can, like, they got to, they got to obviously win this week, but they have to beat the 49ers, even though it's there, even though it's Sunday night football, if they're busted up, right. And they should have the Super Bowl hangover, even though they lost, right. Like that should affect them. It all usually does the teams, but, and I'm not sold on the quarterback, even if he is there, like you got to win that game. So then if you get to two and two, you know, you're pretty much starting over. So your toughest schedule, your toughest part of that schedule is there. And then you have another pocket later on where you're playing the Seahawks. I forget who else you're playing right there. See, but- I got it right here. It's uh, so it goes at giants at Cleveland, but then you have home against Seattle at green Bay home against new Orleans at Arizona at Dallas. Yeah. That's yeah. tough. That's really tough because you have, you know, you, you, Arizona's improved. You already lost one game to the Washington football team. So, I mean, normally the, the games that you're counting on before the season, like, oh, we'll beat the Giants twice. We'll beat the Rams twice. We'll, we'll uh, split with the split with the Cowboys. That's not going to happen this year. They're not going to go five and one in the division. Um, so you hope you go four and two, but you got to win your division games and you got to come in the first four weeks. You got to win the next two games. That's, that's how you win the division. You got to get nine wins because the Cowboys are flawed too. Flawed they are. I, I I kind of see. I hate this. I can't. It, this kind of season where it's going to be seven and nine or eight and eight that's going to win this division. It's it's almost not even fun to debate because again we're mirroring each other, right? So I I don't. There's no chance I see Dallas going into Seattle even without fans and winning this week. And then they're home against Cleveland. I'm not going to lie. I could see them losing that game to Cleveland, and then they're one and three. And I see the Eagles going to um, San Francisco and winning. So I see it getting flip-flopped right there. But then you guys have the gauntlet. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's going to come down to the two games against each other. And what fears for me that I feel like is going to happen is it's flip-flop for like the first time in a long time where Dallas comes to Philly early in the season and then Philly comes to Dallas later in the season. And by then, knowing Jerry Jones on December 27th, he's probably going to have 100,000 people in the stands because he just doesn't care. So now all I'm going to hear is if, you know, if Dallas goes to Philly early in the season and and wins somehow, but there's no fans there, and then the division's on the line, you got to come to Dallas, and there, there's a packed crowd in AT&T, it's going to be a disaster for me because that's all I'm going to hear forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it comes down to who wins the if, if the Cowboys win both games, they win the division. If the Eagles win both games, they win the division. If if they split them, then you might be talking about an eight and eight tie breaking winner who who you know, then you're going to, to the conference record or whatever. Yeah. I mean, here's the bottom line. Neither one of these teams are ready to win anything this year. Nope. And it's more <laughs> complex for the Cowboys because they have to decide what they're gonna do with Dak Prescott. Yep. Dak Prescott's not interested in taking not even a team friendly deal, but a reasonable deal. He's going to go. I, someone will someone will pay him thirty eight million dollars a year, and I, I think Jerry lets him go. I mean, I, I don't know how it shakes out, and that's not good. They offered him thirty five million. All these people that say the Cowboys don't want him, why do they disrespect? They offered him thirty five million a year, and I I think Jerry wants to tell him to bleep off because I I mean look I mean look at Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz got paid. He got some good money. That was a team friendly contract. If Dak Prescott mm-hmm. wanted to be a lifelong Cowboy like he's talking about. I don't. I I think Dak Prescott wants to get the biggest contract, and he wants to be able to have that. And the Cowboys aren't willing to do it. And you know, and 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 his whole thing last year, I, I saw an interview he did with with maybe it was Yahoo, and he was talking about how he bet on himself last year, and uh, he put up these great numbers or whatever. Dude, you were eight and eight, and you compiled those numbers in a lot of losses. Like I don't know what you're what to be proud about what you did last year. Your team was eight and eight. You sucked. And they thought so, they, were, they and they they were feeling themselves after beating me, you, and Aiden. 
at the first three games of the season. They were three and zero. They they bet they yeah. beat no one. And I, we keep joking that watch Dak's never been hurt. Watch him miss three games this season, and Andy Dalton come in and go two and one, and then all the Cowboys nation starts talking about Andy Dalton and Mike McCarthy thinks he can win with them, and then bye bye Dak. Well, I also wonder what a guy like Cam Newton because I don't th- I don't know if Cam Newton's gonna. You know he's doing well so far up in New England, but is he, mm-hmm. are they going to pay him and bring him back? A veteran guy like that that can win. You might see Jerry Jones say, "I'm not paying him another franchise tag, twenty percent over what he's making right now, and get Cam Newton." I would love to see it too. Love it. I can see that happening, and you know why? Jerry Jones always likes to be in a position of power, and if Dak Prescott holds all the power, he's going to let him walk just to say, you know what? I let him do that. Mm-hmm. I brought in Cam Newton because I made that move. Yeah. That's most Jerry Jones think. That's a great point. I didn't even think about Cam to the Cowboys, but I could absolutely see that next year. I won't. Very interesting. I won't hate it. <laughs> all right. Last question before we get you out of here. So I have a Super Bowl tattoo as well. I don't know if you can see it here. Forty-one thirty-three. Now, wow. when I when I went in to get my tattoo, I don't think the tattoo artist knew like at first what it was for. I had to like explain what the Roman numerals meant while he was doing it. Did you get any reaction or any comments from the tattoo artist when you got the Nick Foles tattoo on your back? Did, did well, he we say had, anything? We actually did it on the air, so it was my boss Spike Eskins. It it, it, it was his tattoo artist, so he kind of arranged everything. And it was just like, all right, we're gonna do the show there one day. And so I was live on the air getting this getting nick Foles on a, you know a third of my back uh-huh with the lombardi <laughs> trophy so i mean no he he was he was he loved it he was like this is awesome i'm like yeah you're the only person that thinks this is awesome at least in my family right my wife was pissed i didn't sh- i didn't sh- really share any details with her i just kind of said yeah i'm doing this and she's like no you're not and i'm like yeah i am and then you came so, home with a permanent tattoo yeah <laughs> yeah no i mean halftime of the super bowl i had and for people that don't know i had just i made just like a kind of an offhanded flipping comment that the eagles can win the super bowl with nick Foles, and if they do I'll, I'll get a tattoo of them on my back and i wasn't even like saying it to be like they can't do it i was literally saying like they'll they'll do it. if they do it i'll get a tattoo i feel good about this and um it was halftime of the super bowl and i remember kind of looking at my wife and being like Oh my God, they can actually win this game. And I, I mean, I was happy for that, but I'm also thinking, well, if they lose, I don't have to get this tattoo on my back. So ultimately they won. I got the tattoo on my back and, uh, and, and it's good. That's kind of exactly like a quick story. My wife's cousin, uh, was together with her boyfriend forever. They had a kid. They've been together 10 years, but the type of people that were never going to get married, it's big time Eagles fans. So they said to each other, if on the NFC championship game, Eagles go to the Super Bowl, we're getting married on the day of the Super Bowl. Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Turned out they had a full-blown wedding. All the girls <laughs> in green Eagles jerseys, all the guys in black Eagles jerseys. They had the, the whole thing was a football thing, and everybody had to wear Eagles gear, and then it turned into a huge Super Bowl party. I'm like, you are so lucky that they won the game because everybody would have hated you. It was all over. The, the news was there. I went. I wore a green Notre Dame jersey because I refused to wear an Eagles jersey. I had, a, I had my DeMarcus wear underneath. I said congratulations, and I was out of there. Not <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. That's it awesome. was cool. But no, John, thank you for coming on. Any anything you want to plug before you get out of here? No, just my Instagram or my Twitter. It's J O N M A R K S Media, and um, just listen to me on WIP two to six with Ike Reese and Jack Fritz, of course, uh, producing. And guys, let's do it again. Let's talk before the the first Eagles Cowboys game or whatever. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, hate week. Absolutely. You're definitely yeah. coming on for hate week. 
hopefully the game still matters when we do it, but we'll absolutely have you back on. Thank you awesome. so much. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. Thank you again to John Marks for coming on with us. Aiden, that was fantastic. He was really good, and I caught myself nodding my head a lot with what he was saying, especially with the Eagles' draft strategy and how they've been missing. And when you miss, it's really hard to make up for that in free agency. So when he was saying that, I caught myself nodding my head, but in the pit of my stomach, I was like, oh, he's so right. It's it's tough. But uh, it, it was great to get you guys debating a little bit, and he had some great stories as well. Some, some yeah, things that raised my eyebrows. I, I was pretty impressed. It was, it was great to have him on. Make sure to tell all your friends and family to listen to the interview with John. All right. Before we get out of here, let's do it. This is a crucial week three. We are both staring at one and two, possibly. You guys mm -hmm. go to two and one. That'll be fantastic for you. But let's talk about it. How do we feel? I'll start with you. I kind of know how you feel with Seattle. Giving yourself any chance? None. None? I'll give I mean, you a snitch. I'll give I mean, you a snitch. I mean, after pulling off a miracle win last week, I mean, some people will say that type of win will catapult a team, which I do agree. But I also am the type of fan that'll think, you know, if a baseball team scores 15 runs or scoring none the next day. So it's the same kind of thing where they, they used up all their mojo last week to win that game. And now you have to go to Seattle and play against Russ Cooks, Mr. Unlimited. I, I don't see much of a chance. They lose a Wouzier now, um, so now your starting corners are going to be Trayvon Diggs, a rookie who, you know, thank you, you're playing great, but here's DK Metcalf. Daryl Worley and then uh, Jordan Lewis in the slot. I mean, here's Tyler Lockett. Lockett may go off for 200 yards from the slot. Now they have to, you know, take Worley out of the safety position, and they're going to be playing a lot more Brandon Carr, dude didn't even think he was going to be playing football this season three three weeks ago. Now he's going to be heavily rotated in the safety position. So, I mean, I, I think the offense could hum against Seattle. I mean, Seattle's defense has not looked great um, against the pass, but I do fear also a Jamal Adams revenge game um, and him just taking Dak Prescott's head off this weekend. So, <laughs> Uh, I am. I think the Cowboys are staring one and two in the face. I hope your baseball analogy doesn't come true because the Phillies just scored 12 runs and we cannot afford to <laughs> post a zero in the following game. Uh -huh. But I do think I will give you a better chance than you are giving yourself because of that momentum that you mentioned. I think this offense we saw uh, against the Falcons, they can put up 40 almost at will when they don't fumble four times, they mm -hmm. still score 40. I know that's a bad Falcons defense, but I just don't see anyone who's in the same stratosphere as Russell Wilson right now. Nope. He may even be out playing. We've got Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes on Monday night, which could be an AFC championship preview. Absolutely. I've got Drew Brees versus Aaron Rodgers Sunday night football. That could be an NFC championship preview. Russell Wilson is outplaying all of those guys right now. It's not even close to who the MVP of the league is. We'll see if the Cowboys can kind of corral that, but mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like it's a good spot for them the week they lose their corner. So I, I would be nervous about that. The one thing that I am looking forward to is that um, they are saying that they're going to start playing their defensive line the way the defensive linemen want to play. So Everson Griffin, Demarcus Law, 
Lawrence, they've been playing standing up, right? Now they, yeah, Clown Lawrence. Sorry, I'm sorry. Clown Lawrence and Everson Griffin have been playing standing up. They're going to put them back in the three-point stance. Everson Griffin said he doesn't feel as strong with his hands and his legs playing up. He gets more power when he's coming, you know, from the three-point stance. So hopefully that helps his defensive line get after Russ. Now, I hope they keep him in the pocket. I don't want them to move him out of the pocket because then that's where he is a killer. Contain him in the pocket. But it's almost impossible to do. Yeah, we've learned that lesson a hard way. We've literally never beaten him. But Joe Burrow. We do have Joe Burrow this week. Impressive rookie. I like him a lot. But here I can keep the prediction and the summary and the analysis of this Eagles game pretty short and sweet. Either win this week at home against the Bengals or please pick Micah Parsons at pick six in next year's draft. That's that's it. That's it. This is what it comes down to. If you're 0-3 after this game, I would love for you to get a good linebacker in Micah Parsons. You might have to use a top five pick on him. But guess what? You'll have it. I, I mean, I'm I'm rooting for the Bengals. I I love Joe Burrow, um, but I also think that this is a week where your defensive line, hopefully like ours, can bounce back because that Bengals offensive line is terrible. I I I don't think Joe Burrow may make it out of this season. Uh, he's he's just been getting buried. So I I feel like this is a week where Fletcher Cox and the boys can can maul. Cox hurt, but. He- Nope. That is a good point. He he might still play. So, okay. but one of the things that John brought up in 2017, the trench work, we were so aggressive and so dominant in the trenches between the defensive and offensive line. This should be a week where we see that. We mm-hmm. just watched the Bengals get carved up on the ground by Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt by the Browns offensive line, who kind of just at will made holes. So I think our offensive line should be able to do that. And uh, the, the Bengals offensive line has been much maligned since the beginning of training camp so this should be a week where hopefully uh the two uh the two lines get it going a little trench work action trey thomas will be excited but that's what i'm excited for as well i think miles sanders has a big game i am once again confident i hope that doesn't come back to bite me but i'm putting positive vibes in the air to end it so when we talk to you guys after week three next tuesday uh my guess is that Both of our teams will be sitting at one and two. Hey, that's fine with me. 13 game season, baby. The race to eight and eight is on. Let's Let's go again. (laughs) Thank you to our guest, John Marks. Make sure to follow him. John Marks media, both on Twitter and Instagram. And that's John J O N. And you can always find him on WIP with his boy, Ike Reese, but thank you for that's 10 episodes, 10. I mean, we're 10 in. That's And again, no coronavirus talk. Time flies when you're losing to Washington. Check us out on Twitter, Birds vs. Boys Pod, branded underscore sports, and thebrandedsports.com. Take our bets. Bet with Bavada. Enjoy the games, and we'll be back next week. Positive vibes only. CD.